Hello and welcome, you lovely, lovely lot. This is another episode of the Filmmakers Podcast. It's a podcast where you can learn loads about filmmaking from indie film to studio films and everything in between. How to make your films, how to get them made and how, in our very, very humble opinion, to try not to F it up. So, this week we're talking with BAFTA nominated producer of God's Own Country, Jack Tarling, and the director of The Disappeared, Johnny Kevorkian, about making their latest feature film await further instructions, how to make indie films, and making creatures and monsters in sci-fi, and why making movies takes such a long time. I'm Giles Alderson. I'm a writer, screenwriter, and a producer. One of those films, A Serial Killer's Guide to Life, is having its industry screenings this week. Yeah, it's finished. Yeah, we are having screenings. And yes, myself, Staten and Poppy are very excited about these industry screenings. So, wish us luck, because we need it. We always need luck as indie filmmakers. So what are you doing to make your indie film this week? What have you been doing? Uh, I hope uh, we've inspired you in some way to do that, to write your scripts, to push forward with a project, to involve yourself with another producer, to get those films made do it do what you can this week send the extra email write the extra bit of dialogue go over that script again do one more push don't give up keep going keep fighting hard and you can do it do you want it enough believe enough in it you can do it okay indie film shout outs time oh we got lots this week thank you so much for your shout outs and replies to last week's podcast uh, with ian sharp uh, the indie film producer who's also a financer what a guy really great podcast if you've not listened to that listen to it after this it's really cool so because of that we're giving indie film shout outs this week for screenings uh for your um, fundraisers whatever you've got let us know and we will shout it out this week's first one must go to Sharia lashar I was supposed to do it last week, buddy. I'm really sorry. You set us up with Ian Sharp. You did that. You. So thank you. It's a big shout out to you. Lots of love to you. Thank you. Uh, other shout outs go to Max Cavanham, Kurt Weiser, James Quinn, Sarah Thomas, SJ Charles, and Zombie Flesh Eater Andy, who has an event tonight. He hosts the annual Paranoid Android Films Office Party. It's for people who don't have offices. This amaretto-fueled shindig for film friends and freelancers to network and net twerk. Yes, it's only in Balham. But it's only two minutes from the tube, so that's no excuse not to go. Uh, early comers will have the chance to see their brand new short prequel, Proof of Concept, 80s goth vampire movie shot on 16mm, The Vampire of Soho, which will be screening at 7pm. It is tonight, Tuesday the 11th of December. Bring a freelance friend, why not? That is at the exhibit, Balham, SW129SG. Head on down, indie filmmaker, get down there, network, do your thing. You might meet that producer I was talking to you about. You might meet that screenwriter you need or that director. Do it. Head down. Um, Say hello. I'm going to try and pop along as well. Why not? Nice to see Andy Edwards. Thank you, buddy, for that. Links will be in the show notes. And to Phil Hawkins, who's just set up his film with, with a PH, Phil M. Blog on YouTube. Go film blog on youtube he's got this fantastic new channel where he talks about making films he's been on the podcast which was episode 14 i believe um phil hawkins came on then to talk about how he's made his film in two days he's a brilliant guy and a brilliant director of commercials and movies and he has his new youtube channel so get on it get watching link will be in the show notes thanks phil thanks for all your support other shout out goes to neil johnson um who lost everything in the Malibu fires including his red camera lenses costume and props so it goes to show you if you're out there trying to make your feature film now and you think you've got issues and problems he just lost everything so today's the day make things happen now because you never know what will happen tomorrow it's a huge shout out to you Neil I wish you the best and I hope all is good he also sent me a load of amazing drone footage Uh, his link to that will be in the show notes as well if you need drone footage get in touch with him he's got some amazing stuff okay you want one of these brilliant filmmaking courses for very little money because I know how hard it is when you don't have that much money to go out and do courses it's not easy so we've teamed up with Raindance Raindance is a brilliant 
Film School and Film Course Centre. And what they've done for you guys is put that offer back on, which was £39 for the £150 Saturday Film School. Basically, this is amazing. I'm so pleased with this deal um, that they've given us. It's Europe's most popular filmmaking class. It's Saturday Film School. It's your introduction to filmmaking. It's one day. It covers everything from screenwriting, directing, producing, and how you can break into the film industry. It's launched the careers of hundreds of uh, British independent filmmakers. Um, and the techniques and tools described in this information-packed day are the ones used by filmmakers like Edgar Wright, Christopher Nolan, and me. So you can choose to attend on the 19th of January, the 12th of April or the 15th of June. And like I say, you can get in for £39 instead of the usual 150 with our special Filmmakers Podcast exclusive discount code, which is podcast39. Link will be in the show notes. Do it. You have nothing to lose. We are now officially on Podbean. I've pretty much got all the episodes on there now. So if you're still listening on SoundCloud, cool. It'll still be up there. But why not switch to Podbean if you can? Um, And if you do like this, tell your friends. Pass it on. Make more filmmakers know about this and we can grow and get bigger guests on. Speaking of which, I'm still really excited about our 100th episode guest. It'll probably be our 100th episode. Uh, Big director. I can't wait to tell you who it is. Um, And if you do like these, then listen to some of the previous ones. If you've not yet with Mark Strong brilliant actor and that's episode 19 and then we have timothy spore which is this episode 58 uh we learn about screenwriting with johnny grant and Abita cabalas episode 61 we've got Stu bennett wwe star talking about fanged up which is christian james's film on uh, episode 64 we've got dan o'reilly dapper laughs um we've got scott atkins episode 67 god the list goes on and on with some brilliant people we've had scott fivelson seth michaels NJ McMahon and Matthew Jones, Mark Price, uh, Justin McConnell, Mark Gillis, uh, Mike Pesci, Craig Conway on producing, Lucinda Rhodes Thakra on producing, and Daisy Aitkins, who talks about working with um, David Tennant as a debut screenwriter and director. Like I say, we have so many podcasts. Do tell your mates. You can listen to us on, like I say, Podbean. You can pretty much find us anywhere where you can find podcasts these days, including the Podfix Network. Uh, who have some amazing other podcasts, very similar to ours. Filmmaking, filmmaking chat and all that kind of stuff. Podfix Network. Link is always in the show notes. Head there and check out some more cool podcasts. So joining us today to talk filmmaking is Jack Tarling, producer of the BAFTA-nominated God's Own Country, and Johnny Kevorkian, director of The Disappeared, who together have recently made the brilliant twisty and the psychologically fantastic await further instructions hello boys hello 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 how are you doing uh, very good thanks i must say hello having thank us. you for having us yeah exactly so it's great to be here it's great guess where we are well you know where we are but listeners don't know where we are should we tell them where we are tell them where we are when the picture house cinema right a very famous and iconic cinema yeah. in central london very the picture much. house central yeah the picture house hidden central. away in the back room we've, we've snuck upstairs um, because basically we can't use Rain Dance at the moment Directors UK because they're so busy with Biffa coming up and Directors UK are massively busy at the moment so we snuck upstairs here and we're recording here so hopefully this sounds alright for you yeah and yeah. a big shout out to Picture House thank you so much yeah thank you guys although they don't really know we use they this they don't but, use but thank any, you anyway any minute now <laughs> they're going to literally open these curtains and go, throw us out get out get yeah. out um, better not CJ will be joining us in a minute exciting and we'll say hello to him yeah, he's late. He's on his way. Right, so this podcast is all about helping people get off their ass and make their feature films or carry on making feature films. Jack is the first ever guest who's been on the show twice. Is that, is that right? Correct. Wow, thank you very much. Is that because none of your other guests have managed to make a second film or what's <laughs> happened? <laughs> Do you not? Um, no. I think it's just because yours is out. And that's really interesting because a few others have, but we just haven't got around to doing it. But you are the first one. This come on twice. I like that. I was very keen to come back. I chased you up about it. You did as well. <laughs> you did as well. But this film is fantastic. I wait further instructions. This is a brilliant film. Thank you. I look forward to chatting to that more. Um, let's talk about your beginnings first. How you started. Obviously, we know a bit about Jack, but we'll come back to you because people can go listen to that episode full of Jack. Let's talk about Johnny. But let's talk about Johnny. <laughs> okay. What's your beginnings? How did you start? Why did you become a filmmaker? Uh, I think probably the same old cliched reasons. I, I mean, you know, the whole thing about growing up on sort of 80s on sci-fis and horrors and usual kind of stuff, which I think you'll see a lot of those influences in this film, uh, yeah. which we'll talk about in a bit. But uh, but yeah, so it's been really just the love of sort of cinema, love of 
fantasy films, a love of sci-fi, a love of, you know, I just thought this is a great way to do it. And then obviously finding a path towards that as a kid is always something that you just scratch your head and go, well, how the hell am I going to achieve that? So you've got to begin somewhere, haven't you? So you think, all right, let's start with, you know, making short films and, you know, just building it up from that because it's always, you know, because it's, it's such a, I think as a kid you're sort of naive to how hard it is to make a film or get into the film industry. Mm. So you think, oh, I'll do it. I want to be a filmmaker. Yeah, great. But then it's how, how you go about it and achieve that is always the, the big challenge. And, um, but yeah, so I think you just got to start somewhere because the thing is, one thing I realized was, um, you know, even applying to film schools was that it's not just about, okay, well, what have already got to show? You can talk about want to be a director, want to be a filmmaker, but, you know, show us something you've made. So of course mm. I went off and started making stuff and, you know, making short What films. did you make? What was your first just, short? Just, I mean, it's pretty awful to be honest with you. P- pretty bad stuff. Uh, that's good though. But that's, that's the thing. You have to, you learn, you have to right? make really bad stuff to, mm. to learn that it's, and understand and being told it's bad as well, which I think is really important because a lot of people shy away, I think, from, especially the early sort of stages of their career, that they shy away from telling you it's crap. Can yeah. Yes, you can okay. swear. Sorry. Um, <laughs> telling you, that's not really swearing, but you know what I mean? But telling I know, you it's rubbish. And um, so I think, you need to be told that. And then you start to realize, okay, well, actually, I'll make something better and move up to that. So, yes, yeah, so it, was, it, was it was a film called, what was it called? Uh, oh, God, I think it was called Credible Suspicion. I made that Credible Suspicion. Awful, awful. Great title. 16 mil black and white. <laughs> God. <laughs> really? Sadly, Johnny didn't show me this when we no, were first talking I, about making a film I together. I have on VHS, <laughs> but I wouldn't show it to anyone really. But it was fine. You know what? It was fine because it was shot, it was about 20 minutes long, 16 mil black and white. It mm. was... You know, it, it won a few awards, it got into a few festivals, but to be honest, it was pretty bad. Some nice moments, nice sort of cameras and stuff in there, but it's not something I, I would have used to go out and promote my skills as a director. So I, then I went off and I said, right, okay, I'll start to make some proper short films now. So I'm yes. funding from wow. places. How did you get the funding? Well, from, just through, off the back of that short? No, God, no, okay. no, 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 absolutely well, not. <laughs> I was say. it was, no, it wasn't. It was just through application, uh, writing scripts and just persistence. And I got funded through the Arts Council at the time for a short. Amazing. Which is great. And then... if shot was okay it was a sort of quite an ambitious gangster film which was fine again it wasn't amazing and then on the back of that i went off and made a um much more ambitious 35 mil short on panavision it was wow. not that was nice that was learning getting some really good crew in and you know because that's important good yeah. crew suddenly make your film exactly. so much better exactly especially your first shorts well that's it and i mean at that point i was i had left film school so i was in film school already so i think um and then just, you know, making a sort of body of short films, no matter how good or bad they are. But then just each one was better than the last one. I think that's what you learn from. And then, of course, from there onwards, I went off and um, decided, right, it's time to make features, which is, you know, I don't know if I was ready for it. But my first feature film was a, uh, well, trying to lift the worst mistake you can make a science fiction film, which is like probably not a good idea for your first film. But I'm talking about science fiction, action, sort of, you know, that wasn't a film that you think as a first film you'd do. So, yeah. Really, from that, it was just learning. Do you mean learning. that was one you tried to get off the ground? Or tried to get off the ground. Ah, and at the time, people weren't ready for that type of film either in this country, genre films. They just weren't ready. They didn't know what genre was. There was just always, genre was like, oh, Americans do that. We don't do them here in Britain. So, so that's I think, interesting. But it's interesting. I'm bringing that film back in now. Yeah. And it's still, oh, it's, it's so. It still uh, stands up. Oh, it still really like stands it. out. It does. It's kind of like a 2000 AD style of nice. sci fi. It's called Fuel and. Uh, uh, and, and who someone's arrived <laughs> yes yeah, cj how you CJ, doing hello. i jumped straight in buddy oh my interest in work oh, so i've got my hat on and my scarf and my johnny pleasure uh, nice to meet you as well <laughs> how are you nice Jack to see you again. how's it going guys you started quick well we had to just in for time unfortunately yeah. we, uh, johnny has to be right somewhere so we were like let's get started get cracking so johnny's just told us about his start he's made some short films so Johnny, tell us all again. Anyway, so no, okay. Just we'll just edit me into the start of this podcast. No worries. And chaps, excuse me while I just uh, get you strip off. He's yeah. stripping off now. Crack on, buddy. Crack it's on. all right. Uh, so you, you, you I, I find that fascinating that you yeah. made. You, you tried to make a sci-fi feature film. Yeah, it was a graphic you, comic book, graphic novel s sci-fi, which at the time was like. People weren't even making. What I was going to say is that too ambitious. Yes, this is something our listeners will go absolutely because they do try and make something too ambitious. Well, the thing is, now it's probably easier than it was ten, fifteen years ago. So I think that was the thing. I think it was just about (laughs) the timing wasn't right, but now it is. And now right. we'll bring it back out again. I've sort of re-polished the script. We've done a, re- a rewrite recently on it. So it's been, it's now, you know, so it's definitely ready now to get back out there again. Also, I probably wasn't ready either. So now I'm I was going to say, if you're looking back now, if you'd had made that movie, yeah. 
do you think do you feel it would have been as good as you could make it now? Probably because I probably would have ended up making it as a very small, under the radar, under a million, really gritty sci-fi. Probably would, which probably would have been better because that's the way I was pushing it towards. Whereas, right. as opposed to going the bigger route, I think the problem was it ended up in different hands of people, which were one of each person, you know, production companies or various people said, "Oh, let's push it this direction." Let's put, and it just became worse and worse as it went along. I just thought and lost its original what it was originally it lost that so right of, and i think i'm pulled i've pulled it back to that again development can that can happen quite a, a lot with films lot. that's something yeah. with ucj it's happened with me where mm. you start developing something and you're on you've got something really cool and mm. indie-ish yeah and suddenly it gets in development hell and it goes off in a yeah, different it just direction like it basically was becoming demolition man i kid you not there you that go was, well, yeah. i know i brought that up again but that's what the rep <laughs> yeah. you know but it was no, just get, yeah. but it was this thing it was just it was quite sort of depressing and then I, in the end i just shelved it and i thought right but, don't do yeah. it Johnny, who, through that process yeah this is what i always say like when you have a project for instance i met giles through developing a project which never happened that's okay. true so in many yeah. ways good things can come from the things yeah, yeah, you developed absolutely. so was there anything that came out of that experience that you've taken on yeah just to learn how to develop scripts meet, meeting a lot of people in the industry meeting a lot of american companies american producers yeah. so that was always good it's just just learning about the sort of how the industry works because it wasn't a terrible script so people didn't say this is a bad script they just said right you're not ready for it it's just learning that side of it really was it took, teaches you a lot so you know so it, it was my first saying. entry into the industry and i think mm. it, was a, it was a sort of a very sort of not a bad it wasn't a terrible experience to be honest it was quite good actually but it was just a very ambitious experience with well, my my first one a big sci-fi we were going to make and i'm so glad we didn't because if i'd made that like uh, eight years ago it mm. would have been horrible mm. i don't know i feel i wasn't ready maybe i hadn't had the experience you had but i was certainly not ready to make that film it was too big yeah now be fine you go yeah no problem we yeah can now you just yeah, yeah exactly so, but also now it's easy to make those kind of films as well like That's i was saying before, so well, yeah. i think this is something that i see quite a lot is just trying to find a film uh that feels the right first film for the person that's yes. looking to make it um and so i you know as a producer sometimes get approached by people who sometimes do have a really awesome idea or even they may even have got it to a really great script stage but if they if it's just beyond the scale you know because as a rule of thumb you know for a first time director it's very hard to finance them above a certain level yeah, um, yeah. and then the kind of you also get the reverse of people that have so little confidence and ambition that they've got a film that's two people in one room talking for the whole time yes. and you go I'm pretty confident we could get this made but I'm not sure it's going to have a huge life unless you've got something truly outstanding in that you know yeah, um, so it's difficult but yeah just trying to find something that's ambitious without being over ambitious for a first film because they are so so difficult to finance I mean mm. yeah I agree with that but I think at the same time I mean we were getting we were making a lot of big contacts we had like a big because we obviously had effects in it we had like the mill who were like producers yep. on it because they were going to finance it part finance it you know mill was the effects house and stuff so was, we managed to get some decent people behind it so it wasn't i was saying oh wow this is happening for my first film you know so, but it just obviously what went wrong with it was the fact that it just became this completely different film through various stages of development and just thought this is not the film i want to make anymore because it's awful in the end so now mm. that that's sort of what happened in the end with it really so right but then you went on to make your first feature no then i went on and did another and set up another project which I don't want to talk about too much but anyway it was a, i was meant to make that as my first feature which with right. a horrible experience. This is before was, they disappeared. This is before. This is a good, good, horrible experience. Can you give us a snippet? Because yeah. I'll tell you why. This yeah. is a frame one that they, you, ultimately you'd have learned probably the most from that bad experience. Well, I, okay. so I, I found you... a script, which is quite a cool, low-budget horror script. Mm. And, you know, it needed, it needed work, so we sort of fixed it up. I fixed with your it. approach with the script, or how did it sort of work? Uh, approach with the script. Yeah. So option nice. script. Couple, it was a couple of the option on the script. And it was, you know, it was quite a good it was a good pro it could have been a really good project and, mm. and it still hasn't been made by the way which i don't think it ever will be but so then what happened was the um uh so it was, again very low budget first feature fantastic for you know it's sort of like a i'm trying to, it's like a bit of like silence the lambs meets it must have been great something it was low budget yeah oh, wow. perfect and then of course took that on optioned it through my company did a rewrite myself mm -hmm. on it and uh you know and suddenly we started we set it up and uh, we got it financed pretty quickly actually pretty got it really quickly financed but then uh, well, when I say finance, we didn't sign the deal with this company, and they wanted to basically uh, screw, wanted uh, to screw us on it because the whole contract was based on around, okay, if we sign this deal, they can just throw you off in the minute you sign um, that deal. And totally. I said, I'm not signing this. So yeah, of course, yeah. started because it, it was a good script, you know. But they were, then it started getting quite nasty and ugly, the whole thing. And then another company started wanting to get involved. And, and suddenly, since it gets too big, you become to make it big. That's yeah, the, and it you, shouldn't have been that. You, you know? become a problem because you're yeah. a first time director. And so you say, exactly. well, now we can get a big, big director. Exactly. But of course, now. I had the rights to it. So that was right. the problem. And then 
in the end, uh, my lawyer screwed me on it. What? <laughs> she basically engineered it in such a way that she took it off me. But in a way, it was, I was so glad to get off it. It was a horrible experience. I just oh, thought, man, never, ever, ever again. But yeah, no, I mean, it's honestly, it's good to go through. It yeah, sort of I've had a similar up. experience in it's CJ. It sobers you up yep. to everything. It's horrible. Yeah. I'm sure Jack has as well. Similar Jack, do you have any lawyer, lawyer stories? <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> uh, no. Good. Right. <laughs> Lawyers are very clever at getting yeah, yeah. your stuff off you. But yeah, so anyways, allegedly. Well, well, the problem is I hadn't written the script. I did a rewrite on it, but it wasn't my script. So of course it was an option. So I thought, yeah. you know what? Next one I'm going to just write it. So this appeared came along. And I thought it's going to be mine. No one can screw me on it. Yep. Got the yep. money, and this just that was it. Got it made on the back of that, really. So right. it's kind of interesting going through these different yeah. sort of twists and turns. I did and, the same with the dare. The same. I was like, I'm writing this one. Yeah. Because then no one can take it away from me. Well, that's it, isn't it? And that's it. And then once you, you do the first one. Yeah, you, you then don't have to, to do your second one. You don't exactly. have to write your second one or your third. Yeah. You know, or you, you know, if you don't we've got it. something behind you, then you've got exactly. proof you can make exactly. a feature film. So, so that was writing. it, really. So I just thought, no, nah, never again. At that point, and then didn't. So I thought, no one can, you know, take it off you. Cool. Whatever so let's happens. talk about the disappeared because uh, it, this follows the disappearance of a younger brother, yeah. Tom. Uh, Matthew Ryan tries to put his life and sanity back together. However, the past keeps coming back to haunt him. He wrote this with Neil Murphy. It stars Harry Treadaway, Greg Wise, Alex Jennings, and Tom Felton from Harry Potter. You had an amazing cast yeah. for your first feature film. Uh, talk us through how this obviously got funding and came about. Um, it was uh, through, uh, well, that was, again, because once I wrote the script, I s- kind of went into, I sort of teamed up with these private investors, and we sort of set up a company together, and the idea was we're going to make a few films together, and then you know, the first one was The Disappeared. And this is back in 2007? Yeah, it was around then, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, and so what happened was we, of course, did it, and then the idea was to go, go off and write the script, we'll give you some money to write the script, which we wrote the script, and, mm. then, uh, and then we started developing it after that. So we started to get, like, film forward behind it, did a bit of development with us on it, and then some other people were involved with it. So it was kind of like a nice development process you know was we weren't under pressure we didn't have time when we you were going to make it you know just yeah. they had to raise the money which they went off and raised while we were shoot while we were writing it and developing it up and then then that was it really we got a pair of casting agents we had them we had some money to pay them so they started bringing in all these amazingly young talented actors to read mm. like harry came in then there was uh, um, uh, Josh O'Connell. People, Josh he was, O'Connell he was, yeah, he was. I mean, Jack O'Connell. Jack, Jack O'Connell, O'Connell. Sorry, Jack yeah. O'Connell. Yeah, there was quite a few big, big names that came in to read at the time. Nowadays, you wouldn't get that. No way, near him. TV's stolen yeah. everywhere yeah. now, which is yeah. fair enough. But, but yeah, so they came in and we just read, and then Harry came in. There's a scene with a tape recorder with his tape recorder in character is amazing, and that you know that was the process. We were just literally full of these amazing actors that came through the door that you would you know you think wow that's a luxury you know to get in a mm. first film and i didn't know who half these people were because they weren't well known then. well they weren't no so, they're just young kids yeah and tom was the only one that was well, really well known okay um and greg was well known greg wise and alex jennings was in the queen i think at the time but so there was but yeah but the younger guys harry was still in here i think he just did brothers of the head then and then mm. but he was going up going up brother, everyone so, knew yeah yeah, yeah now yes of course and how was making the actual film itself then as your first feature brilliant brilliant really good really really good t- crew we got really right. good and it was great because we had you know, well, it was all shot on uh, uh location 100 percent location work so it was that was a nightmare to be fair because we were on a council estate in southeast london yeah. which is half great and half hostile so <laughs> we, were, we were dealing with we had, we had, you know because you have to of course you can't you have to really bring the estate on your site and if you yeah, don't, you, need to. Yeah. you lose the estate, you, your whole film is going to collapse because you're, you've already shot a certain amount of the film. So you can't just go and replicate that somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, this estate was a, had how a did you bring look. them on site? How did you, what tactics? Well, well, it's interesting because I, uh, they sort of, the kids especially on the estate, because they sort of, because Tom, Tom Felton, because he's still shooting Harry Potter, is still in it. And he looked the same. Well, he huh? didn't really because he has really short hair. Right, and he people so he didn't recognize the hoodie on. So people, did. and then somebody recognized him one day, and I said, and the kids came up, and they said, "Is that?" I said, "I said, come here." He goes, and one of the kids was like the sort of gang leader of this. They weren't nasty kids; they, they were, just, were just, yeah. But you knew if, they, if you annoyed them, they're going to yeah. start interrupting they're your bored. shots. They got time on their hands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And this was over Easter we shooting, so there was obviously yeah. all the kids were around. So I said, to him, "I said yes." I said, "I tell you what," I said to him, "If you." Uh, if you guys cooperate with us, Tom will be give you each of you guys a photo, each of you guys an autograph. Of course, I didn't tell Tom that when he found out at the end. I was very happy. He had to line up and start giving everyone. Really? But it was fine. The kids were amazing. They just sat there, watched it, and they, you know, cooperated. Wow. It was fantastic. So good way to do it. Because if you don't do that, you're you're depending on these uh, these state and the people around it. And so. the other thing to do sometimes is to bring them in. Just to yeah. say, cool, we'll make you no, extras. That's what I did. I said, you guys can watch. Well, we actually right. did have some extras as well. We brought them into some of the party scenes and stuff. So it was great. You know, some of the older kids. So again, on the, bring them onto your side. And we had a few incidents where we had a th- 
couple of TVs thrown at us and stuff on this really? thing. That was the nasty side of the estate. So we thought, let's was, move Were they expensive there. TVs? Were they? Well, <laughs> it didn't matter. It was a brilliant it. first feature. I loved Thank it. Thank you. And at the time, this is when I was trying to make my sci-fi. Okay. You, you were on the list of directors to okay. go to. Cool. Which was amazing. So cool, I was like, that's good to hear. So I'd heard about you back then. I was Thanks. like, and yeah, I know who he is. He was on my list. You would this have been This now. is like 2009, 2008, yeah. something yeah. like that. Yeah. Suddenly he was, you know, he was yeah. doing really well. They disappeared, came out, yep. did well. Yep. And did that open doors? Was that, was it? Yeah, it did. It did. Yeah, 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 it did. No, I mean, I think the problem was then I was still tied into the company that made it, that were going to go on and make other films. That yeah. never happens. So that's why I got sort of stuck. At, I was in de- development hell with them for quite a while. I so I was going to say, because, you know, now we've got Await Further Instructions, which yes. is technically your next film after yes. The Disappeared. So that's 10 years. I know. It's quite a hiatus. Yeah. Talk us through that development hell in between because well, for our listeners, that's. Mm. And have you survived? Have you paid the bills and all that well, stuff I mean, in that time? Well, the thing was, I was interesting enough because the, the company that again made the disappeared was the whole idea was going to make three films together and I was contracted to them. But they, of course, recession came and then their interests changed. They didn't mm. want to get involved with the film. But I, so in a way, I was salaried up at the company. I was there, but I was more like a sort of just running a company doing nothing. Oh, I see. So I said, I'm a director. I've got to go off and direct. So I was there for quite a few years after. Yeah. And then literally it was, uh, then I thought, right, okay, I'm going to break away now because I can't be here anymore. And there was so much promise that we're going to make the next one, we're going to make the next one. And mm-hmm. I was, I couldn't go else, anywhere else. So as soon as I left, got myself an agent, then started to just develop my own stuff again, my own scripts again, and just get my, and get myself out there and look, I'm, I'm a director, I'm here. So yeah. it was a pretty quick transition after being attached to projects once I did leave, break away from it. But then obviously then I met Jack. Yeah. He, he approached me. Yeah, because you saw the disappeared. Yeah. So, and then that was, again, one of the projects I got attached to as well, which is great, This, which is this film, Await Further Instructions. So it was kind of just getting back out there again, getting myself back, which yeah. I should have been doing, you know. So, yeah. so in a way, once I broke out, it wasn't very long. I think it was about three or four years after that, I was shooting this film really after I broke out of the company so it wasn't a massive yeah it didn't feel that long yeah but it but it was long because I was stuck in the company for so long yes. sure. after 2008 when the disappeared finished I was still there being yeah. paid which is nice great but of course not making films which is not nice not so nice. so in a way it's like beginning again but in a kind of with with the knowledge of you know made a film before and knowing where, where I can not go wrong anymore so yeah. And yeah. then you met Jack. So uh, this was, well, Await Further Instructions was a project that I had been working with the writer Gavin Williams um, on for a couple of years, actually. Um, there, there had been a previous director attached from kind of a treatment stage. So, so I, I'd been working with Gavin, who's a writer, um, yeah. from very early doors. He'd had a sort of three or four page treatment, um, which he'd shared with me after pitching me some ideas in the pub and this was kind of one that I thought um, I was interested in so um, we started talking about it Um, so we developed that a bit further Uh, then we'd done a big kind of director call out and found somebody who we worked with for a while but in the end well, it was kind of a strange situation. We'd ha- half the finance for the film which was a sort of enviable position for most of the other up and coming producers that I knew. For sure. And I was it was certainly a big deal for me. Um but uh that director then moved to New Zealand to uh work with Weta Workshops. So uh it it was an alarming situation that I mean, much like some of Johnny's early early experiences, it's just so difficult navigating everything through, you know, everything that can and does go wrong on trying to put together a first or yeah. second or so that director was a VFX kind of person. Potentially so. Obviously not to name names, <laughs> but as in, so I suppose they just had their, their regular sort of day job was doing VFX and presumably it's like, yes. do I take the plunge, stick with the project or take this wetter workshop offer? Was yeah, he also of- had another project that was happening in New Zealand with them. So he already had a pre-existing relationship with Weta. Sure. Um, mm. So anyways, um, no. but but so we eventually, we, we kind of got a little bit dropped in it because we lost our director when we were half financed. Um, wow. So then uh, we were looking to find somebody else uh, as quickly as we could, but... Um, Needed without, someone with some weight as well. Some, yeah, yeah but, but somebody you would want to work yeah. with. Well, yes. Um, I mean, ironically... You know, when you look at what Johnny had done at the point in which we uh, approached him, it was actually quite a lot more than what our previous director had done. So our previous director right. hadn't made a feature film. So ultimately, we kind of lucked out. And this is the the thing that can happen. You know, one yeah. a, a, a door closes and a window opens and 
sometimes there's something better through yeah, there. Jump out so, of it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. with a TV. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but that's what we always try and say on the podcast again, 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 is that uh, when the chips are down or when you think, oh, it doesn't get much worse than this, uh, just stick with it because stuff, stuff just happens. eventually does you, you know, stick think, in there long yeah. enough eventually yeah so was there a point at which you're thinking do we fold it or was it if we i mean was the finance dependent on the director or how no it wasn't dependent on the director it just i thought didn't look great that our director sure, was leaving sure, the project yeah, no, yeah <laughs> it was really good that we like could legitimately say he's moving to the other side of the world yeah. <laughs> like this isn't a falling out or whatever yeah um but anyway um we reached out to a number of directors at, at that point um but uh after you know obviously meetings and reviewing people's work and conversations about what this project would be well yeah i mean johnny became obviously um by far the most qualified person for the job and somebody that you know really saw eye to eye on the project so i wasn't i wasn't really because i had my first film had only 25 effect shots this is nearly 500 so yeah, of course, a good know, director that's is a good director that's like yeah i know that's true. no but also it's, it's quite, but i think it, it sort of helps to know that well which i didn't but anyway i learned it as i went along just, and johnny for you going into this project obviously you want so you're pitching yourself as a director for yeah. so you've written your earlier stuff yes it's all your, you haven't you've written everything no, not everything. Oh. Not everything. I work with writers a lot more now. Fine. So, yeah. But so going in and pitching yourself, obviously you want you kind of want the gig, but on the other hand, you want it to be your thing. What, how do you navigate that balance? I think you just got to tell them what you. I mean, I guess with Jack, it's just like, okay, this is my vision of this. This is how I'd like to approach this. This is what I think. You know, I think you just got to tell them because obviously it's the kind of script. This script in particular, when you get it, you think. You know, it's like a lot of like, how the hell do I do this kind of mm, thing? Obviously, I'm sure. not going to tell him that. <laughs> and I met him, but it is a lot of that, isn't it? Sure, you think, no, it I've never yeah. worked with effects before, but but I think again, it's about. I think my strengths were character, 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 story. You know, working with actors, I think that's primary for this film. And if mm. if it fails, then the film will fail. You know, if you don't get that right, the film will fail. If you see what I mean? I think that yeah. was important for him to hear that and say, well, this is how I'd approach it with first and foremost with the characters, you know, because it's a yeah. character piece. And, and you have, and it's really lovely. The performances in Await Further Instructions are fantastic cool. and they tie everything together regardless of the effects. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's, I think and that's, that's the thing. You've got to put all that secondary. Yes. Because mm. if you start saying, oh, this is an effects <coughs> film, it's not an effects film, it's got no. effects in it, but it's not, it's a, you know, it's a family drama. Yes. You screwed up one, but it's a family drama, you know. So yeah. I think that's why you've got to approach it that way and say, think of the characters first and story and then everything else comes, will come into, just drop into place, hopefully. And yeah. it did. So, so yeah. await further instructions. Yeah. It's Christmas Day. By the way, the movie's out now. Uh, you can go watch it. So it's Christmas Day and the Milgram family wake to find a mysterious black substance surrounding their house. Something monumental is clearly happening right outside their door. But what exactly? An industrial accident, a terrorist attack, a nuclear war? Descending into terrified arguments, they turn on the television, desperate for any information. On screen, a message glows ominously. Stay indoors and await further instructions. Did you write that? Charles? I'm going to get your voiceover on this. Yeah. <laughs> As the television exerts an ever more sinister grip, their paranoia escalates into bloody carnage. Did you wow. write that, or did, it, did you? No, I yours? got that from oh, IMDb. Yeah, you stole it. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that. Yeah. Did you write that? It's very <laughs> good, Jack. Well, uh, with a number of voices in the mix over several, several years, years. Yeah, it's kind of evolved. Because yeah. IMDb yeah. don't let you have too big a thing sometimes. A uh, summary. So you've obviously. You know, Twisted oh, some arms. even shorter ones, but, uh, that uh, but was, that's, that it's was a strong one. Thank it stars you. Sam Gittins, uh, Nija Naik, Abigail Cruttenden, David Bradley, Grant Masters, Holly Weston, who um, I nearly cast in The Dare, interestingly. Did you? Yeah, she's great. She's great. Uh, and Chris Sadler as Scott. I mean, look, great cast. Again, great, great sci fi film. Brilliant British independent film. Will, will you allow me just to interject for one moment? No. Um, I was going to say, for your, for your listeners, I've got a little surprise for you both here. Oh. So we've got. What? Listen, we have a this. black Christmas cracker. Spot on the table by Jack. Are we allowed this to pull We're okay. pulling this. Okay, pulling here we go. Ready. Three, two, one, Jars. Yes. Oh, oh my God. I have one. What, what, now, what, no wait, way. Now, what has fallen out of that? It's a syringe. <laughs> it's a syringe. Have I got to do this now? Wait. I've got to eject oh myself. Oh, my gosh. You know you want this to. This is awesome. Oh wait, there's a hat. So, oh, I've got a party hat. Really and we've got... One of okay, we've got a little note a here. Christmas joke there. This is a joke, okay. <laughs> well, it's what? not a joke. <laughs> one, this is a joke. Wait a minute. One of your number is infected. Isolate mm. them. There's a finger which has got a USB stick on the back oh, of it. A severed finger. A severed finger, sorry. USB stick on the back of it and a needle. This is amazing, Jack. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yes. That's really early cool. Christmas presents. So we, thanks, guys. We've taken a snap and we'll uh, add it yeah, to Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we the... should, uh, we can do some more snaps of it later. Uh, that's, this it is would great. be good. And so there's a few more clues for your listeners. Spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. These yeah. things relate I to would, the film. They really do relate to the film massively. 
just taking a photo of that. That looks really cool. How many of these did you make that especially for us, by the way? Uh, there's a little production line that for is, them. I love that. Uh, I really love that. And the plan is to sort of screen give these out. What's the plan with these? Yeah, two? we even used them a little bit when we were pitching the film, trying to finance it. Oh. Um, yeah. Just as uh, it would depend. We would try and gauge the tone of a meeting. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. um, a very serious meeting. Some people don't want the more, to pull a The more shiny the shoes and the, and, and the, the yeah. nicer their suit, <laughs> the less likely we were to whip it out. I'm sorry, guys. But you, <laughs> to whip you out your crackers. Awkwardly, they look in a room and it just pops this cracker. In like middle of July or whatever, yeah. it's just like no, exactly. No, no, what you do. Yeah. But that's that's what a great marketing technique and tool. I knew obviously after watching the film. Thank I went, you. Fantastic. Did it work in the room when you pulled out? Yeah, I mean, people, it, it was. It, it made us stand out, and it's a nice talking point because yeah, it kind of introduces some of the themes, and it's that kind of. Um, it's a film, you know, the irony of it being set at Christmas, but then having these kind of horrible surprises come from the Christmas cracker, kind yeah. of to some extent sets, sets up a tone of a film. So that's great. And on this USB stick, part of this severed finger. At it, some points, there have been uh, materials relating to the film. At some uh, points, uh, someone this wiped one, them. This one, has, this one has nothing. This one will have on it whatever you care to put on it. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> well, now Giles and I have to fight over who gets the uh, Finger. USB. So <laughs> we'll have to work that out. So, okay, so you've you got half the money. Yes. At this point, you've now got a brilliant new director on board. How did you get the rest of the funds to make this? Fantastic yeah, well, I mean, film. firstly, we went about losing the, the money that we did oh, have. No. So, um, you went about it. <laughs> was that, <laughs> was that a lot of hard work to lose money? Or, it was you know? hard. It was hard. Was that uh, a result of the losing the director or what happened? No, it wasn't. Um, they were thrilled with Johnny, but the thing with that was that um, that money was a time-limited offer of about four months. Um, uh, okay. And uh-huh. uh, we had to find match in that time. So that was the first time that I had nearly managed to finance a film. Again, credit to Johnny for... T- hanging in there with us because you know his first experience was with half finance this film he joins a team within two months all the finance has fallen away to be fair it was a lot smaller the budget then wasn't it so it was kind of it was yeah Ah, so, so, can I, uh, so obviously I don't need to know the budget it, now, but what in the early days, with no credits to your name at the time, mm, Jack, mm. what were you trying to raise? Just again for other producers, potentially. So initially, Gavin, the writer, and I had seen this, um, and we were very much pretty green at that point and in shorts but kind of world. But as you, you know, as we, we, had, we had seen this as... Um, microwave kind of level yes. which at the time was only like 100k so there was like a film called mum and dad made you know yes. we were kind yes. of like this yeah, could be you know because this is all in one house yeah, yeah. and um let me clarify now that, that is not <laughs> the budget that the film was shot on um <laughs> so then when it. we then when we uh had part financed it the budget at that point was 250,000 so we had a 100k mm-hmm. equity offer and there had been a tax credit and so on um but ultimately, the film was made for a much higher budget than that, which I can't divulge right now. No, don't have to. But, yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, this is the other thing. And like we were saying about, you know, a door closes, but it might sometimes be better in the long run. I mean, we would have ruined this film on that budget. Um, it would have not ruined it, but I think it wouldn't have been as effective as it. I mean, it would have still shown the stuff there, but it probably would have been like a quick snippet of like half a cable or half, you know, something very, it would have been very low grade. Yeah, sure. So that's very the thing. A week or two less shooting potentially. Or a week much less, less time. Much less time, yeah. yeah. Much, just much less. <coughs> how long was days. your shoot for the, how long was your shoot for this? Five weeks. Five weeks. Oh, and then we had one week of the effects at the end. Yeah, yeah, okay. So yeah. That's five weeks, including oh. that one, including week. that yeah. one week. So, yeah. that so was just for effects. Yeah. So that was you'd lost. Amazing. So I suppose you've got your cast down to a minimum for just your shooting plate shots and. Well, there's mm. a, a lot have, of it's in camera. Yeah, it's all. It is all yeah. in camera. Yeah, it basically. looks a lot of it. Looks there's a lot of reversal. Yes, shots. Yes, going on. yes. Well spotted. Most people say stop motion, but it's not stop reversal, motion. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's what's just really well done. It's the shutter. The shutter. The shutter speed was at a certain. Uh, sort of uh, certain speed which gave that stop motion he feel to yes. it but it's not stop motion which is interesting so and also the uh, the performances are really good because when you reverse you I, can I had get them, a sense that it's well I had them acting backwards I say that it, which it, was a real so you rehearsed it because they looked they yeah, did yeah, a great they, job they, didn't, they, thought, uh, they wow. thought I was going mad they just thought what the hell just, mm. I said just go backwards and Sam's going to me what are you talking about I said just act backwards goes, so okay, do, you, do you play it out in forward so then feel yeah. it in reverse yeah so yeah. it all looks like it's all going the it right works way. really well Yeah, good yeah it was a bit of a because there was quite a lot of that going on because obviously there's a lot of those motions and the, yeah. they're wrapped around the cables and they have to act in a certain way you know you have to go back well you've got that continuity wow. of movement as well so they move into one exactly. shot the next one they exactly, exactly. Quite quite a, it looks you know, silly because I've seen it so many times where people yeah. if, they, if one thing's going one way and then they're going the other way it just looks little giveaways aren't they you've got to be really yeah, careful exactly. yeah. so you know what I didn't know 
that you've gone backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so Only impressed for, by I mean, that. There's a whole yeah, not range of yeah. different yeah, of tricks and techniques to make that sort of 10-minute sequence at the end. But mm. yes, some of the, I think, most effective shots are done that way. There yeah. are. And this is the moment where most of the, a lot Spoilers. of the sci-fi is happening uh, without spoiling too much. It's incredible <laughs> what you do. Uh, and it really makes the film really special and different. It Thank really you. does. It's fascinating. Thank you. Did you always plan that from the start? Was that always in the script to have it that way? I mean, that sequence was always the whole in the script. Oh, that sequence was always in the script, yeah. It was yeah. a question of what parts of that sequence remained or what parts of it worked and didn't work. But yeah, that was always there. So it was just really a question of... I mean, it was about... Like I said, when I first got the script, I thought, mm, okay, how do I get to achieve this? It's mm. like, right. And I'm thankfully, sure. it took us five or six years to finance it. By that so, point, Johnny by that point, it out, I figured so. it out. <laughs> no, I, I actually cracked right. it one afternoon, to be honest, because I was, I was scratching my head. Seriously, is that it clicked? And I thought, all oh, right, okay, this is how we're going to do it. Because there's so much things going on. And I think for me, it's also about the logic of it. Because I think it's nice to have all these cool, you know, unusual sequences, but it's just, it's got to tell a story. So I had to really map that out quite well to be able to tell a story and make sense. Because also, when you're trying to explain it to the cast and crew, mm. you need to be able to understand what's going on to tell them what's going on because they're going to go what the hell are you talking about because it's just a lot of that a lot of the film especially that end sequence is it's just weird it's just bizarre you think I've never seen that before and so of course then getting uh, Steve Trumbull who's my creature he does a lot of my design concept stuff and creature stuff in the ah, past okay. so he's just start from there just a blank page and start okay working it up i know it's described in the script certain things about the uh, tv and stuff like that being this but it's but then you design it then you think right okay how do i make this work that's yeah, you definitely jump. developed a lot further with steven in terms of the yeah. actual look of exactly the creature exactly so just to on. get it give it a sort if, of if, if there were to be a give an identity yeah, i think if, yes. there were to be it a had to be a monster <laughs> it had to be an identity didn't it? it had to be something that was believable you know and also not too ott not too ridiculous but then you take it to somebody else then through a friend uh her husband dan martin uh got him involved because I didn't realize he did uh, practical stuff. And he was, was the doing, effects designer. Yeah, he was the effects. He, was, he did right. animatronics process. He did the whole lot basically. So yeah. so he then had to start to go, right, can this work? This stuff on paper, these drawings, can they actually become practical? Can they work? Can they actually look good on screen? So we had to start playing around with that. So that was a long process. But we, you know, it was good. It was good to be able to do that. You know? Was there ever a point where you think this might not work? Oh, absolutely. I mean, okay. always points. But then you just think, got to do it. Just got to try it and make it work. But then do there's it. a point I knew it was going to work because I just thought, right, okay, I've got enough here to be able to tell a story and mm. make it believable enough on screen. I think also a lot of it was about not showing too much. You yeah. Know? I mean, we show a lot, but I mean, not showing the mechanics, not showing the sort of joints. That's the sort of, because that's the danger of these films. You just yeah. think you can hold a camera for too long on something and suddenly go, oh, that looks fake. It certainly crap. does. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's, but there's a lot of that sort of going on. So, yeah, there was points because, again, it's stuff that, you know, we hadn't done before, hadn't, I hadn't done before. And till, I, till it's up there till you see it. But then I knew it was working because when I was seeing it on, on the day, I just thought it's starting to work. It's, it's well, VFX on when you're shooting them feel so lame yeah. when you're there on set with crew around you yeah well, it's luckily always it was, like it was I know it's going to work we can, you well know. the thing about because it, it was there on the in the flesh physically yeah. there I knew that that's how I could tell it's working because yeah. you could yeah, see yeah even on the day yeah. there was I mean obviously we did a lot of touch up work on it mm. in post but there was always something there in the yeah. room yeah and because you could get a pretty good sense of what it was going to be exactly because you could mm. see which is important for the actors monitoring stuff but also the thing was obviously if it was all purely CG thank Thankfully, it wasn't. It never yeah. was going to be. But, it, but then you wouldn't be able to see it for two years or a year later for a film mm. like this. So that's that's the other problem. So you don't know what's going on, but at least you could see it there and know it's what's happening there. Did so. you storyboard heavily? Yes, or yes. Everything, dialogue? No, 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 just the, just the end. end yeah. I, to be honest, yeah, I, I did that my first film. I started, I thought, oh, I'm going to storyboard the whole film. I'll shoot it in like really quickly. It's just such a pain. You sort of, sure. I thought, mm. don't storyboard. I didn't storyboard the dialogue stuff. I just shot listed and then I, but I storyboarded the entire end because also people had to see it. And yeah, what it's it. supposed to look like. Yeah. Where the, so, the more, the more it's technical go. Exactly. So, maybe and and also the, the, the film, fights but, and the stunts, that stuff was storyboarded as well. So that was being storyboarded. With your, because it's all contained one location, uh, did you just sort of, for, for dialogue scenes, because you've got a lot of actors, a lot of mm-hmm. eye lines, all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff, on the day, did you run through that? Was it? How did you no, manage rehearsed, that? Rehearsed on the set. Because that can slip you up quite easily. Yeah, it can. Rehearsed on the set. Right. Basically, rehearsed on the set. Uh, and uh, yeah, just blocked it on the yeah. set uh, about a week or two before the shoot, I think it was. It wasn't it? Was oh, that's good. Yeah, so we, we have the sets built. Some of them. Oh, yeah. you built I was going to say, I yeah. thought yeah, that was the geography of the action in yeah. it. So for, for viewers, it's, or for listeners, not viewers. This is great. We've fooled two actual filmmakers into yeah. thinking it was you, a location. I'm very gonna, happy. I was going to say, I, was, I wondered if it could be. There's only two locations in this whole film. The house exterior. Well, the, the exterior is yeah. a location, yeah. Yeah. but yeah. everything interior is. And then obviously the drone shots. The field. Yeah, the drone 
screenshots. Yeah, yeah of course. So, I'm impressed. I'm impressed um, by because that. Because thank the, you. Ceilings, right? The, the geography the ceilings is so specific. We where had everyone ceilings. Is. And also, um, congrats on because with, with that kind of stuff where you are, someone's got to be in this room and that room, yeah. and you know, yeah. that's in a hard thing to pull off. Yeah. Having sort of been yeah. there myself, Just, so yeah, it works really well. Thanks. You always yeah, know everyone yeah, is. Thanks. And, yeah, because you know. that's the, that was the biggest toughest thing in this because. You know, it's just going from because you're in the, you're in the house all the time, apart yeah, from yes. two moments or whatever it is, you know, or two seat one when they arrive, one when they pop out of the, uh, you know, into the field. But that's it. So you got to keep people interested, engaged in the whole thing. So it was really key that and crucial to do that. Just about lighting was that and li- lighting and just making everything feel fresh and different as you're moving through the story, moving and finding that look as you go as exactly, well. Like, exactly. Oh, that, the but looks not for the sake of it. It's all there for a reason. You know, yeah. it has to be specifically put in there for you know certain mood or tone or uh, it's, it's relevant everything's relevant you know it has to be and that was a lot of planning with Annika on that one Do, as a DOP cinematographer mm. where did you shoot where, where about what studio uh, small or? studio up in Yorkshire like it, yeah. Uh, yeah oh nice great yeah. and the idea was because I wanted the sets like the main living room kitchen hallway I had to feel like one was one like, sure. I, I wanted yeah. to be able to move the camera around 360 degrees yeah. to make it feel real and was it one minute? yeah yeah it was oh, one okay. the downstairs which is yeah. sort of the heart of the story the yeah. heart of the film was there and then obviously they had another section of the staircase was well, where the stunt took place exactly so you had to split that was a bit of a headache there, to try and split because you're falling from one sort location of set to, to another, another set that, makes say, it, that was a, that was it, a bit it, of a head it worked really well thank you thank you I thought it did it does work well I don't know how but it did so yeah that was always the thing just trying to connect the sets and connect the stories because you know you want it to feel because I've seen with films you think oh that's just like that oh, doesn't seem real and that just goes yeah, yeah. it's the end of scene and then oh let's move into another location mm-hmm. this is like same scene same location you know Do you think, yeah. I think a lot of people write contain films thinking well it's kind of going to be easier because was it's I not. having done two it's not it's actually I know a lot harder. I know it is. It is much, much. Harder. You you set yourselves up for so many more fails. It's, e- it's easier on a practical level, but the yeah. problem is it's a real struggle to keep things um, visually fresh and interesting, and yeah. to ha- make yeah. a film that is going to be of any interest to anybody. So, I yes. mean, we always focused really on having. Um, a visual evolution throughout the film and we talked about how there's no way um, this is one of the things I really like about it but there is no way that you could switch on the film at an unknown point and be confused as to whether you're at the beginning or the end like that Mm. house is an extremely different dark weird and terrifying place to the sort of mundane uh, you know suburban cul-de-sac home middle class home that we started out in so um if it is going to be one location, try and find some way to really transform it throughout slowly throughout the course of a film, which I think Johnny did really well. But, with. but also what's tough, just going back to the question about mm. shooting interiors, it's tough because also you've got to keep people motivated. You're yep. stuck inside yeah. all day for 12, you know, whatever, 11 hours, 12 hour days. And it's, you know, people getting tired, people getting lethargic. You just need that because if you're outside, you can get fresh air, it keeps you awake, you move around, yeah. but you're always coming back to the same place every single day. And you, people need to keep energetic excited and fresh about it because you think oh i'm back you know it's that familiarity i'm back to the same, same place again. i had the same with the day my uh, yeah. part of it is in the basement and the same they were just okay how do how do we make this different for yeah. me i was fine i knew what i wanted to do with the camera the actors they were like i'm in my corner i'm it's there comfort, the it's comfort time. zone isn't it? that's the thing they're going that's i'm gonna yeah. be a nice comfortable set and sometimes you want to shake them up a bit and say no you, you know just you know just because sometimes being outside and it's pissing down with rain and it just yeah. keeps you more energetic emotive whereas i think when you're inside you feel like Oh yeah, I'm in a nice house, and, and you just, get used to it, and you go, "Oh, it's fine." Yeah, it's, but, but it's, it's not. and, and it's it can show on screen as well. So you mm. need to keep that energy level up throughout, which was tough at times. We said, you know, and it's winter outside and dark outside as yeah. well as inside. Yeah. So. Motivation is key. Yeah. yeah, Jack, for you for watching your because I suppose you haven't got location moves to worry about. So behind the scenes, what are you doing? How's it for you? What kind of thing? What kind of problems or what feet up? Firefights? Are you fighting effectively Chilled. to get things? Or is it? Yeah, is it like ah? Just, Johnny, no, I mean, you saw it, it'd be fine. Look, it's it's from a production perspective, obviously it's ideal to uh be yeah, not out on the road moving every day because that's just constant problem solving and time and money wasted really um so you know it's nice that my production office was upstairs from the sets and that i could spend a lot of time on set and you know just help um with quality control on watching the monitors on things um Mm. planning ahead trying to you know uh problem solve things for scenes that were coming up um a bit more effectively um and you know but there's always there's always something to do for a producer <laughs> so, um, you know i mean 
it, there's still you've still got 40 people working for you who sure. you know you haven't probably most of them met or worked with each other before mm. so just kind of trying to keep all of that in harmony um yeah. schedules are always tight we're trying to do something really technical um so you know just constantly strategizing between johnny and myself in terms of you know how much time should we be spending on this scene knowing what we still have to come. Uh, and there are problems, sure. of course. There are problems on the set. There oh, yeah. always is. There was yeah. always mm. problems, you know, but that's normal. Yeah. So. Things always go wrong. Yeah. How, how did it differ for you from God's Own Country to await further instructions in terms of that? Because obviously God's Own Country was massively location-based. Yeah. Fields and... Yeah, well, I mean, I, I was certainly uh, out on a windswept hillside a lot more. Um, <laughs> Heathcliff, Heathcliff. I mean, literally without like a 10-minute walk to a toilet kind of thing on that. Yeah. Um, so, um, it, yeah, but at the same time, your role is kind of the same. It's just about how many barriers there are in place for what you're trying to do. Um, and, you know, you should have a production manager and other production team to um <laughs> sometimes manage the physical logistics of location moves but equally um you know it's just about how value like how, how much use you can make of your time because you know if we are doing a move i will probably be riding in the car with a director and a dop and we'll be trying to have some kind of you know progress meeting or planning meeting or something but it's a bit harder to do when you're bouncing around in some runner driver's car as you you know race across the moors to try yeah. and get to the next location in the rain and stuff and your notes are lost somewhere and you know <laughs> so it's just a bit more challenging but ultimately your responsibilities are fairly similar yeah uh, yeah okay that's really good that's really good so in terms of uh, the shooting there was a couple of problems you were saying that potentially yeah. happened but that's general on most sets but some people listening don't know what those problems are but is there anything that you could be avoided any advice you could give them to go on set beforehand especially making a sci-fi i think i think just gotta plan i think plan plan mm. i just i mean it's funny because when i go on set i can have all these planned shots and i can just throw that out and start shooting more loose but certain shots but obviously when you <clears throat> when you do, i think you need to plan i need to make sure everything's planned in terms of just everything has to be there for me i like to plan it all and have making yeah. sure that you know the props are there and obviously we had problems with certain things because because it's quite ambitious you know it's a you know the tv exploding a lot of the effects pyro stuff that went on there was problems with that only because it took so long to set up each time and there was nearly the, melted the oh yeah <laughs> the, pi- the pyro nearly melted and destroyed no, the creature it, it did <laughs> to wrong point really? <laughs> yeah. yeah that was interesting because it just blows up the tv's blowing up so of course it caught on fire and then with a putting it out but of course the creature's going at the same time oh my so we don't have plan b there's no second creature oh so, no. no that was an expensive Shit. build so yeah yeah so there's lots of things like that was quickly put that tv out yeah yeah, yeah. going yeah, back yeah. to what you're saying about you know, some directors can just you yeah. know rock up and put a camera you yeah, know, rock out. Think, i'm always impressed like steven soderbergh someone like can yeah you, they spielberg have, does like, that there's like, a lot actors, of them do that. they put like 10 in a room and go yeah yeah we'll, we'll see yeah. what we want to sit and, and we'll, let's we'll just see what it. happens in the camera I'm like, yeah i'll just i, know, I like, guess you've got time maybe more but even so it's still like but they don't rehearse a lot either they don't like to rehearse so they just do it i think again it's a lot of experience really good camera person most likely really good a good great you know, to grip or a great, great camera. Grip, yeah, can just, yeah. very you know, important. As soon as you say move that, and they'll just do it. There's, it's I think that, set that up. really helps a lot because there's yeah. so much. I mean, you just need that experience and that sort of confidence to be able to just put a camera on your shoulders and move around or on a dolly and do that because, you know, it's not easy that if you haven't got a lot of experience to do that. You need a lot of practice, a lot of rehearsal. You can spend days on the shots. And the right kit. And the right yes, kit, of course, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Something else I would maybe recommend to people is um, if you've got. Um, costume for a character or if you've got a particular prop that's quite key or even dressing that's background but you know anything that's going to appear (laughs) in front of camera um or if you've got um uh you know a prosthetic that's being made for you by somebody just try and get sight of that you know before it's going on camera because with the best will in the world you know sometimes your explanation of what you want isn't quite delivered upon and that might be due to not quite you know understanding what you were asking for Mm -hmm. or it might be that the actual quality of the make of that thing isn't quite right or whatever it is but if you can just try and have a review of like let's see the character in their costume the day before we actually and then you can run out and change an item if needed um 
is the set the way I actually pictured it in my head? You know, yeah. if if the art department are finishing it twenty minutes before you go on camera, which will happen. Which sometimes look sometimes due to scheduling. Mm-hmm. If there's an actor, for example, that you know yeah. is only available on these two days, and the set. That, you know, there are two scenes, one's at the beginning of the film and the other's at the end of the film and the set has to change massively in between. You don't really have much choice. The art department are going to have to do it overnight and you don't really, you know, but if that can be avoided and you can have something ready a day before so that you can go in and make adjustments without everybody having a massive stress, uh, then that will probably help you get what you want. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. I'm seeing also things I've noticed, like for me, on I just noticed like really basic things like, if you, like you say, if there's a prop that features on screen or something that heavily features, it's important. Have loads of them. Mm. If you have yeah. one, rely, yeah. if you rely on one and that breaks or something happens, you're going to wait for hours for somebody to get you some many else. axes. But yeah, or exactly. A, a, just, an in, a indestructible rubber axe, which <laughs> just <laughs> kept breaking. Just kept breaking. <laughs> just the really simple things like that, because yeah. honestly, they will hold you up and they will cost mm. you days yeah. of shooting. As a director. How, That's so frustrating. How often days. have you had, like, you know, you've had these pre-production meetings but then you get on set and they yeah. bring you something oh yeah by the way that's the only one we've got and you're like what? exactly, exactly. You know, that's you, the problem but again it's, down, it's hard to keep on top of that it's hard for them I understand because they're going well actually do I you know do I get five axes or five yeah, you know I, bottles or the do money I get, for, yeah. you know then somebody don't get anything else it's mm. just I mean I understand that but I just think I think it's prioritizing those things mm. and you know maybe for mine actually the director said right I don't care what happens you've got to have five of those because that's going to feature and we're going to screw ourselves if we don't yeah. if we lose time on that I don't care about the I don't know, the hat or whatever it is, prop, you know what I mean? Just things that you don't, you should compromise and say, but that's what we need to not lose. Well, that's, like. you're being clear about your priorities. That's yeah, important yeah, Because yeah. there's no point in people having spent tons of money on something that's not that important and then not mm. being able to... Yeah, and um, also because you will lose time because what will happen is suddenly that axe will break or something will break, something won't work and then you're going to sit and wait. And that yeah. will, that would screw your. You've also got to roll yeah. with it because stuff does go wrong. Yeah, of course I mean, does. that's yeah. just innate. You've got so many moving parts that you're looking to all come together and work perfectly at that precise time, and then it's got to happen over and over and over again for yeah. every scene that you're doing and every day. Um, so things, yeah. you know, even when you're working with the best people um, and things are going fairly smoothly, it's still problem solving every day. Yeah, uh, there's always something's going to go wrong, isn't there? Every mm. time. Great. In terms of marketing and uh, distribution of the film, then obviously it's out now. How did you go about getting the word out for this film? Um, well, I mean, we work with a very good sales agent. Did, um, were they on board from the beginning? No. Uh, so we finished the film and yeah. showed it to them, but there was um, they they were who we wanted to work with. Um, right. Which is fortunately they responded uh, very positively to it. So uh, MPI Media Group, yes, um, based in uh, well near Chicago. Mm. Um, how did you? So, was that a can thing? Or how did you get? How did you get direct contact with those guys? Actually, yeah. they'd been tracking the film for a while. They knew we were in production. Did um, you put it on their radar? Or was it just happened that they had? well yes and no so um we had been talking to metrodome who were a, who, who were a uk distributor um, yeah. at the time we were financing the film we were hoping that they might have come in on well, the they're financing. Interested, weren't they? They, the they, they really yeah. like the yeah. film yeah. um and um giles edwards used to work there oh. I, uh, yes um and another giles uh, yes talented man um, obviously he scared me into thinking i'd got his name wrong there but <laughs> 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 so um he so he had been at Metrodome, which unfortunately folded. But um, he then went to MPI, so he was kind of tracking the film uh, okay. for a while from yeah. from the meetings we'd had at. at and he's that sort of European guy, isn't he? I think. Yeah, so. he was sort of scouting stuff for Great. them here. So then we eventually showed them once we were ready. We didn't really want to show this film with a whole bunch of missing, you know, VFX you shots. I always feel you shouldn't show it. If, if, always if you've got the luxury of yeah, keeping yeah. on working, just yeah. do it. I mean, I see so many like um, first-time filmmakers who show like you know a loose rough cut to Sundance kind of thing and you kind of go yeah. all put a teaser <laughs> trailer out and they're still shooting the films like, but no, also, no, no, also you have to remember yeah, you just yeah. don't need to because yeah. like I know that it's a big deal for you but t- the reality is hardly anyone else in the world knows or cares anything about your film but also, they don't it's have not the like there's this rabid fan base there you know waiting for the yeah. first image from the next I know, go, oh my god quick um, take it yeah so just wait until everything is as yeah. right as it can be and you've got some partners around you that are going to help you strategically get it out there in the right way i would say great advice the reviews help a lot so and festivals um so typically you know reviewers and festival audiences probably much less likely to have seen a trailer so their yeah. reactions are very important so we've had 
you know, across the board, really great kind of four and five star reviews. Um, Congratulations. I'm a critics pick in the New York Times, which is kind oh, of crazy for a amazing. small and UK genre film. It's been full, hasn't it? Every festival screen has yeah, been full. Festival. Yeah, Everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. Every festival, literally up to now, that I've seen or know of has been a full screening. Yeah, yeah. we've almost full. Six awards at festivals now yeah. and stuff like that. So that feedback is coming out of those festivals which i think hopefully is you know spreading but also out it's good because it's an anticipated film at festivals people are wanting there's a real desire i want this is the film i really want to see at this festival and that's what we're getting a lot of when people go to a festival and so i think hopefully that will c- carry across into the screenings or at least on the vod or whatever we sh- wherever we show or platforms further beyond this come up people just go i really want to see this you know that's what seems to be the sort of um the what's been going happening with it up to now yeah and great and that's what it's about and it is out now and you can watch it Um, where can we watch it giles where well where can we watch it Uh, well uh (laughs) if you would like to hear more from uh johnny kevorkian and myself uh and uh you want to meet actor sam gittins see us in the the flesh see what we look like yeah Yeah. Yeah. touch them they do uh, come to tear off in in, in london uh (laughs) screen on the green in islington screen on the green in islington december the 12th which is a wednesday that's at nine 9 p.m. 9 p.m. December yeah, yeah 12th uh which screen is, on the green which is technically tomorrow so when this goes out yes it will be the Tuesday the right 11th so get on your well, tickets well speaking now. of Tuesday the 11th if you're in York we are screening tonight then yes on which is tonight the 11th on yes, the 11th in York tonight. yes um, and uh, there's probably another screening Dalston. coming up at the Rio in Dalston on Friday the 14th great as well. so right. all week and that's a, week. these are all Q&A well, that's at 6pm isn't it that where can our listeners go to keep an eye on where is it one place trinity in? film website trinity, uh, trinity film website. is our uh, uk all the distributor will be on there. but also will. facebook as well isn't it oh know? yeah facebook yeah. twitter at await fi uh at await fi is both our twitter handle and our facebook page links will uh, be in the show notes thank you uh and um but also the film is also releasing on uh vod platforms uh f- from the a couple of days before now. this goes out. So right. anyway, at the same time, it's available now. Yeah. So it's available now. <laughs> That's brilliant. So you can go get this film. You can if watch you it. can't make it to one of our uh, screenings, then absolutely. But I'd suggest go watch it at the cinema. Yeah, absolutely. First, it has it can't it, it do has that. A, prop, a full impact and a nice yeah. screen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd suggest do that, and then you get to hear these boys do a Q and A, especially with Sam Gittings as well. Sam Gittings, yeah, brilliant. Do that you're going to love it um, the performances in this film are brilliant as well so that really helps as well as uh, it's just a wonderful film so the film's out now so technically what's next wrap up of, do you know what's happening uh, it won't be 10 years I'll guarantee for the next one I promise <laughs> you, 11 can you guarantee? 12 years no it won't be 10 years now I've got I mean I can't say because there's a few things I've been considered for a few things I've been offered so I'm just I mean there will be something hopefully in the next few months hopefully this should be coming either TV or feature one of those two but I may squeeze off another low budgeter in the meantime so but yeah there's a few things bubbling but it won't be 10 years I promise you good man in this genre I hope not too because your films are fantastic thank you very much and I've missed missed you until I'm still alive (laughs) (laughs) thank you and Jack you want to roll what's next yeah, I mean, it'd probably be a while as well, uh, but uh, there's a number of films that are in development and financing, but these okay. things take time to get them right. They do, they do. But these two films you've just had out, well, they're Wait Further Instruction, which is out now, and God's Own Country, puts you in massive good sled in terms of, hi, I, I'm here. GOT and AFI. I, is your next one going to be also... Yeah. <laughs> Three, three uh, uh, yes, I'll make sure it is now that you've pointed you. it out. Good, yeah. <laughs> Just put a verb that's, your, that's your thing. That's yeah. your, you know. And start with the letter A. So start, await further instructions, yeah. obviously goes to the top of the list. Yeah. This was considered. Was it actually considered? <laughs> it was, it was, was considered, it? Yeah, yeah. The title used to be further instructions. And you oh. cleverly went, make it await. Congratulations. Also a call to action. Yes. yes. Yeah. Great, this is brilliant. Love it. Um, so, where can people follow you on your socials yourself? Yeah, so my, my Twitter handle is at Shudder Films. Oh, you made me shudder when you there said you go. That. I'm already following you, so it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and go on, Johnny. Uh, uh, I'm and not we will a... be tweeting about this a lot as well. Yeah, about the podcast, the podcast, of course. film being out, that kind yes. of thing. Johnny. Oh, sorry, yes. Through a lot of pressure, I'm not on Twitter yet. Through a lot of pressure. Uh, through I'm a lot like, of pressure. Well, you got pressured it. off of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, get on it. it, but I'm yeah. not on it yet. But I, just my Facebook page, Johnny Kavorkian, that's it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you can follow me on that or contact me on that. So Yeah. yeah. No website? No website. No, no website. I used to have one, but I just... Oh, we've got a website. 
Shudderfilms.co.uk. No, Jack, Jack, say it like you did earlier. Shudder. Shudderfilms. Thank you. So, CJ, where can people follow you? The usual at CJamesDirect on Twitter. And that's pretty much it. But that'll do. That, that'll do. Yeah. 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 Uh, find me. I don't do it. I haven't written anything on it for a while. It's about time you. I've got nothing re- to talk it's about. It's the right yet, time you retweet but, um, the podcast. Oh yeah, I will do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I just I get lazy and yeah, I forget I know, that Twitter exists. And then oh, yeah. don't worry, I tag you in everything. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can follow me at Giles Olson. Follow the podcast at Filmmakers Pod. Go to thefilmmakerspodcast.com where you can get our back catalogue of many, many podcasts now, uh, all about filmmaking, indie film, screenwriting, and how to get off your ass and. Fucking make a film. First swear word of this swear, podcast. Oh, wow. That's uh, heavy. Yeah. <laughs> Got really aggressive of our listeners. Gosh. Well, sorry, guys. No, you're right. Do. Do, it. do it. If you don't do it, you're not, you'll never know. You just, you've got to do it. I think people, too many people talk about making films. I think you've just got to make something. Even if it's bad, just do it. Do it's, it. It's easy to talk and tweet about it. It's hard yeah, to it's get It's easy to make films now. You know, yeah, it's it not like. You need to go and get film and prints and get processing. And all that. No, do it you on your phone. You can do it on your phone. Just, just make yeah. a short yeah. film. Do it now. Thank you. Uh, Wait Further Instructions is out now. Go see it this week uh, in cinemas. Find out where it is. Q&As are there. If not, buy it on Blu-ray. It's brilliant. Uh, our next show is out next Tuesday, so we will see you next Tuesday. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you. Thank you, Jack. Thank you. CJ, thank you pleasure i'm thanking myself um being prepared is everything you can make your indie film but know who your audience is and get out there and do it and remember if you're lucky enough to do well and rise up it's your duty to send that elevator back down uh thank you very much picture house cinemas till next time bye 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 this was a podcast from the pod fix network you can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com